0: Welcome into another edition of Locked on Bills. I'm your host, Kevin Misery here with co-host Jason Shannon. Jason, how are you on this beautiful, glorious Friday?
1: You know, it started out pretty poorly when we uh, started with about 10 inches of snow overnight, but it's uh, melting into a nice spring, winterish sort of day.
0: It really is. It's not bad out. I mean, it's probably down to nine or eight inches. Um, roads are paved, so good old western New York um, as we're kind of on different opposite ends of Western New York here, but uh, you know, it's been a great day though. You had a lot of good numbers coming out from the combine, a lot of good good action, trades coming down. I mean, what a, what a, another Friday? Every time, every time we say, "What's going to happen on a Friday?" we get a, loads of news, loads of good stuff here and locked on bills. We suddenly have a whole new show every time we push record. It seems like. Yeah, it's almost like right now when it's starting to peak back up with, with interest. Friday's a really good day as people try to get news in and before the weekend. So, you know, stay locked in here for our show on Fridays. We're going to bring you the heavy-hitting news locally here from from the Buffalo region, things we see fit that affect your local Buffalo Bills. And if you're not in Buffalo, you can tune in to, to hear some of you know what's going on here locally and what, what the team's doing as, you know, you had Bean speak, you had McDermott speak this week, you had davis speak so you know you had a lot of different stuff going on um and you know real briefly we'll get into um robert quinn being traded to the dolphins for what looks like a mid-round pick so i don't know if mid-round could mean anything from three to five um and coming with a load of 12 million dollar cap room um that you know in miami's already negative five million what's your initial reactions off of what what happened there I think that a mid-round pick was probably the value for him at this point. He's had
1: uh, sort of a checkered health in, you know bill at this point. He had eight and a half sacks last year, but four and five in the two previous years, which means it's been since 2014 since he had double-digit sacks, and two- 2013 since he had that monster 19-sack season. So I think they're just trying to take advantage of some talent right here, trying to maybe move some guys through. They obviously love their high priced, sort of high profile defensive linemen and pass rushers. So I I think that this really fits in. It seemed like the Rams from the reports that are coming out now tried to use him in a Marcus Peters trade and the Kansas City basically said we'd rather have the picks apparently. So he ends up on Miami. It's you know, if it's a a fifth round pick or a fourth round pick, they're probably buying low here and just kind of seeing what they got.
0: I agree with that and it's just the $12 million it's, it's right now when people are looking to spend their money here in a couple of weeks, it's just a huge number to, to have to, to stomach. Um, and Miami somehow is going to already have to cut, you know, either high level players that they're counting on or a slew of mid range guys. So, um, you know, it, it doesn't really help to, 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 acquire him and have to, you know, cut essentially 15 to $20 million of cap space within two weeks here. So, It is interesting. Free agency is around the corner. It's already March 2nd and free agency tampering window is in two weeks. So, I mean, this is right around the corner for everybody. The Bills got kickstarted with signing Davis and their cornerback who basically said how talented the Bills secondary was. He's, you know, happy to be the number two cornerback. Other news coming out today is I saw the Buccaneers are actually interested in EJ games um, from their war room. So we'll see what that, you know, you know, goes into there, but that's just some early Buffalo Bills free agency news. Will the Bills finally play the uh, compensation picks? We've actually had a few commenters from different teams. Actually, we had the Packers team over there comment on our on our uh, compensation pick pod. So check that one out on kind of our feelings on the comp pick formula um, as some of these free agents become available and as they're cut, like Davis was, they do not count against the formula. So Chris Ivory is another example who we mentioned and a couple of other guys that are going to be cut here in the process that end up getting a little bit higher of a value because they don't affect your comp formula. And if you're losing guys like Gaines, Preston Brown, um, Jordan Matthews, I mean, there's third and fourth-round picks coming, Jason.
1: Yeah, that that's definitely going to matter. I like that we're keeping it into consideration. I don't honestly – like, I'm not a, a big Chris Ivory guy, so I'd probably rather have a different, better player if it was for the same price rather than – you know, just put everything into this comp pick formula. But I do like that we're mindful of it because I think we probably lost some picks this year based on signings that weren't all that consequential to us. So, yeah, especially with the guys leaving, Gaines and, and Preston Brown are probably going to count towards a, a pretty good, uh, a pretty good pick. So, it, yeah, I, I like, it's just, is it's an added bonus to get a guy like Vontae Davis for him to not count towards the comp picks. It's it's just a, a little bonus. And I still don't think Ivory would be the best signing. I, there's other running backs out there that I would, I would rather have, which we talked about on Wednesday when I was on with Nate Geary. Um, but... Yeah, I I think it's something that you want to consider, but I just I don't want to build my team around it to maybe get a fourth or fifth round pick.
0: I think that there's no doubt that they need to entertain running back, and I think they will in the draft, and we're going to get into that in one moment. Um, So check out that you know stay stay tuned here for our running back analysis. But real briefly, I I think they're going to add a veteran as well, um, and not and to play in that form. If you're going to look long term in your draft, anyways, I just I would like a guy. I mean, I'm fine with Jonathan Stewart too. I, I think that between Stewart and Ivory. Um, you could get that boost of compensation pick because you're going to play there. And, and, and as we've gone through the list and, um, you know, we could talk about it a little bit more, but you guys talked about it on our, on our, uh, draft or our rookie breakdown show and our free agent breakdown show, I should say, where you guys mentioned some of the free agents, including Mike Gillisley potentially getting cut. So there, there's going to be guys, extra guys that are cut. I just don't see the guys that are currently unrestricted free agents as being that much better than the guy we'd sign outside of the high end guys. Um. So that's, I guess, why you'd play with Ivory or Jonathan Stewart or potentially Gillisley or whoever else could could hit the market here shortly. So uh, that's that's kind of you know my analysis on maybe looking at a vet running back and then a rookie running back as sure. well um, to kind of yeah that.
1: yeah I just I, I think for what my strategy I I would rather avoid all of those guys. I mean, there's two guys that I really like in free agency: Deion Lewis and Jerick McKinnon. I think they're probably too expensive for the purposes of this. So I I think that it goes into this the rookie discussion today is I would like to fill RB two, uh, the guy behind uh, LaShawn McCoy, maybe a guy who does third downs in the draft in a semi high spot somewhere between rounds two and four, and then as a third running back, look at your your normal. Travaris Cadets I, I think we can get a, a better player than him because we had signed him really late in the season we thought that we had a full running back core and then there goes Jonathan Williams and then Mike Tolbert has to come in and then Tyron Jones gets hurt sure. so we were really we were really scraping at the bottom of the barrel at that one nothing against Cadet because he actually played okay but I think being able to do that and fill that position earlier in the off season, we may be able to get a better player than that there's a few guys I like that Sure. I have a rational uh, confidence in to be a third running back, Benny Cunningham, Charles Sims, those sorts of guys. Oh, my like guy, Orleans Darqua. Orleans Darqua might be a little too rich for this plan. Could be now. Yeah, could he's, be. He's not – you know, he got starting time last year, turned out to be the, <laughs> the best option for his team That he's in, in, a, in a mess. But – he he might be looking at, you know, fringe starter sort of thing. And I'm I'm talking about just going a little above the Taiwan Jones cadet okay. level in okay. free
0: Yeah, I still look at Dark your RB two, RB three. I mean, although he was pressed into action seven hundred and fifty one yards, four point four yards per carry, which I like. Uh went over a hundred two times, five touchdowns, nineteen catches, can do a little bit of that too. So we'll add you a little bit catching ability, uh, slightly. So I thought with 26 years old getting a little bit younger there than some of the, some of those guys as they start hitting 28, 29. When you're looking at the Tywin Joneses of the world, um, he, he's a guy I'd like to target in on. Should get mid-range two-year deal money. Um, you know, he's right there to me with, with Jonathan Stewart or one of. I don't know where the value is going to be for Jeremy Hill, but 25 years old hasn't really done anything since 2016. But he still runs for a really bad 3.8 clip. Um, so, you know, really had a great rookie year in 2014, but he's a guy that I'd love to consider behind uh, LaShawn McCoy and, and with a rookie. So, there's a couple names there. I mean, you're always gonna have your Doug Martins on, on the market, your Andre Ellington's, maybe Shane Vareems, Alfred yeah. Blues. It just depends. You know, Terrence West seems to always be a guy that can, can produce. Damian Williams, twenty five from Miami, who got obviously beat out by Kenyon Drake, um, rightfully so. So there's there's a couple of options there that, you know, you guys got into a little bit with some of these guys. Um, and, and leading us into the draft talk and, you know, really where we wanna go today as they're running um, on, on repeat right now, but I watched it live. Uh, You know, you had a really great day from Saquon Barkley, you know, 5'11", 223, just a machine, um, you know, top three. That I'd be shocked if he makes it out. Four is his floor and one's his ceiling. So uh, how did you feel about Barkley's day and just him in general?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd love to say that he overperformed, but with the hype that he's been given, he really just – he met expectations. They thought he'd be one of the fastest guys, one of the strongest guys, one of the best jumpers. People were saying before the draft, uh, they're like, he, we know that he's going to go over 40 inches on the vertical, which is crazy that you would just be able to put your money down on that. And he went 41 today and beat man the man. whole group. Man, um, and then I think officially it came out to a 4-4 flat, which was the second of all the running backs. And considering he outweighs almost everybody there by you know, Scare 30 Scare. pounds, yeah. Comes in at 233. They said it was one of the, you know, they do that speed score where they use the the uh, weight to 40 ratio. And they said it was one of the best ones of all time. So when you consider his, his considerable skills on the field and his elusiveness and just big playability, and then add that in with the confirmation that he's he's really one of the best running back prospects we've seen. And,
0: I, I just think it, yeah. we probably should stop talking about it because there's no way now he's now there at now all of that on top. Usually these guys don't have the production sometimes when we talk about this at any position group, but obviously he does, you know, 1,271 yards, 18 touchdowns and, a ton of receiving numbers to to go with it, so he's. I just don't see how he gets past two. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I think uh, he's going three.
1: I think he's yeah. going one or two. I honestly do. I think the Giants might want him, and the, the Browns might say, "Well, we thought we were going to get him at four, but it looks like maybe we got to go with him at one." I really think
0: he's going. I think one the Browns got to go with him picks. at one. They were hoping at four. I don't think they're going to have the the luxury. Like four is his like absolute crazy four If quarterbacks get picked, this is the only thing I could see um and that's their crazy floor is cleveland goes quarterback giants trade out to someone like the bills for quarterback something happens quarterback three i mean then four would be cleveland sitting there with 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 him but like that's like the only scenario i could see him getting out of the top three um and he's just a surefire guy and i just hope he like we just mentioned the giants and how bad their their, their core was including you know Darkwa who ended up being their best player um but man how they, if if something happens where he's on the board, Cleveland does something else at one, I don't know if the Giants want to trade that pick anymore.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't know either. It certainly seems like there's a lot of signs that the Giants are going to be looking at him really hard. And it does make an interesting situation for Cleveland because
0: it they,
1: they also might be a bluff at this point. You know, the draft sure. is all about those and they're claiming things. they're going to
0: trade it, but every year you have the first overall picks going to get traded. But yeah, they, I think it takes Barkley. The the picks below behind him could definitely be traded. As I think that's who the Giants would want. Yeah, and I think it's a, I think
1: he's a, a shot for the Colts too. Really, sure. I I don't think they they definitely wouldn't have him. I think he's definitely a better prospect than Bradley Chubb. Even though that's a need
0: for the Colts, I I don't think he would get past there either. Sure. Yeah, and 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 with that all being said. I think the best scenario for the Bills in all of this would be him going number one because then there could be trade potential. Another, you know, pushes other players down the board. Um, Although, you know, you want him pushed down the board. But him going one, I think is still, I think is still ideal for the Bills. And then maybe you get a run on running backs earlier than you need to. I don't know. Who knows what what kind of thing could happen from it. But that's kind of my initial early um, opinion is that I think I like him going one. How about you?
1: Yeah, I think I think definitely one or two. I think those are the most likely teams. And I really didn't think I was going to see, you know, somebody go higher than four after Elliot did it. And it was we crazy. have a, a you know a crazier prospect than him. And uh, and Elliot was great, and it definitely helps the fact that Elliot and Fournette, those guys that you know, girly have worked out with right. those high picks, and I think it's kind of changed some teams and some of the media's perspective as far as you can't draft a running back high because you know
0: yeah we're back to being able to do one of them just
1: you know one offensive MVP this year one of them you know ran for a ton of yards his rookie year and Elliott so I think
0: we're back to where running backs were really yeah Kamara I mean you have guys left and right that right um Even though he won the second, but he's proving that like it's definitely valuable to take these guys as they're showing their ability again. Like, yeah, I think we got a little bit crazy with the CJ Spillers of the world and some some of those mid two thousand drafts, and we got a little nuts trying to 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 do the two running back system thing, and got a little crazy with only eyeing on one specific type of player, but not, I mean, these guys are complete. A lot of these names are complete players and especially Barkley. Um, you're getting a complete player that I'd love to see him in New York rather than Cleveland, but Hey, it is what yeah. it is. Uh, I think he'd be a great, you know, stalwart on that team for a long time, rather than who knows what happens down in Cleveland um, getting into the next guy that, you know, obviously is, I think considered number two would be Darius guys from LSU five eleven, two twelve, late first. Some people have a mid first, I don't think he's much lower than that. I, in my opinion, I think he's like a 10 to 30 guy as, as some of these runs and stuff wrap up. What do you, what do you know about guys? Yeah. And just going off the combine stuff today, he ran a four, four, nine today, which I would
1: say, it's probably where about people expected. Maybe they wish that he was more in the mid four, fours. Uh, the vert was only thirty one and a half, which is more than I can jump, but it was a lot lower than uh, a lot of the guys today. Um, some of his counterparts in the running back position. A lot of guys were in the, in the mid-30s. And sure. then obviously getting to guys like Kerryon Johnson and Saquon Barkley jumped through the ceiling. So I think athletically he might take a hit, and this might actually close down where I thought that it was most likely that he would be the second running back taken. I do think guys like Michelle, possibly Ronald Jones, will get to that if he's healthy. Um It might be closing the gap where now they have to make a real decision. It might come down to the style of running back or how you feel about him athletically. But I do think he's a real solid player. He's a big playmaker. He played for a big school. Showed up against you know against big teams. You know everything's big. Thirteen eighty seven for for seven point six yards a carry and fifteen touchdowns in twenty sixteen. Followed that up with twelve fifty one and eleven touchdowns last year. Yards per uh attempt went down a little bit but he also had an injury in the middle of the season that kind of slowed him down he didn't miss a ton of time from it but i uh, sort of had to gain steam back up after i think week five where he got hurt
0: yeah and kenny I receive th- is this one that i i've seen as that's like a common topic now to get use out of these guys as you yeah. know, drafting them high and it, it's it so far it's hard to tell just because
1: they didn't use him in that way um he also had a little bit of kick returning experience where he did wasn't super dynamic um but yeah the re- receiving is going to be big i it's very weird because it's such a dumb looking drill but i think that uh teams take a lot out of that path you know catching the five passes on the line drill or running some of the routes really get to see yeah, like that whether, wheel route drill yeah the wheel route drill uh they seem to take a decent amount out of that so I think so far from what what he's done and what I saw, I think he probably is maybe disappointed slightly. But I don't. Th- he definitely didn't put himself in like the non athletic category. I think. Right. No. Definitely not. I, I think people are going to still see him as a three down. And people still um, laugh. Love-
0: yeah, yeah. Still love him, and I've even read that he could, if especially if Barkley goes one, he he could jump himself a team really running back. Mean he could still find himself top ten. So,
1: yeah, uh, I mean that is the interesting thing is that when you have a running back going in the top three, that suddenly opens up the rest of you know, running back two is up as soon as that starts. So if a team at seven, you know they're not taking the first running back anymore. They have to look at these guys. So, yeah, it's very weird. I, almost all like the next probably three or four guys we talk about, I would consider anywhere from, you know, top 10 to end of the second round, just based on what teams need and how much they value the running backs.
0: Yeah. And then I want to start talking about the Georgia guys just a little bit and kind of talk about them on combo. And, and, you know, I think it's a little bit easier Sonny Michelle, um, 5'11", 222, Nick Chubb, um, 5'10", 228, pretty, pretty similar type of players. I mean, obviously they do a lot of things differently, but uh, obviously from the same program and the same system, big time college football, Um, you know, they had outstanding seasons, which is crazy to me, um, how two players could potentially be at least top 50 here. Um, still, so tell us, tell us a little bit about your Georgia running backs and, uh, who you like, what you don't like, what, what could happen with those two?
1: Yeah. So I I think it's really going to depend on preference. I would say from what I've heard, I think people are a little higher on Sony Michelle, just based on his sort of versatility Uh, was much more of a pass catcher not last year but the years before Um, and he's really just a big play threat managed to you know under 200 carries get to 12 27 and 16 touchdowns last year basically not being the starting running back averaging 7.9 yards carry which is just insane Uh, again playing in the sec big time competition obviously playing on a great team as well oh my gosh him and mccoy together It would be amazing, and I think he really is a great complement to him. I think he can play on third down. I was looking through the um, pro football focus uh, charts. They had a pass blocking grade, and he was among the highest in the country as far as running backs go. So I think that's a little added bonus, a little bit of grittiness. And, you know, today he ran a 4.54, which is probably a little slower than they want, but I think he's more of a quickness than he is a straight-line speed guy. Guys run in the four or fives all the time and are successful running backs. So I'm not really worried about that. Uh, Nick Chubb's up, interesting because he's pretty much been the starting running back of the two the whole time. And he's good. And he's really good. And he came out as a freshman and was one of the most dynamic players in the country, ran for 15, 47, and 14 touchdowns, had the knee injury in 2015 that ended his season. I think the main probably criticism of him is that people feel like he's like at 90% of the athleticism that he was before the injury, when he came out of high school, he was a guy running like really low four fours jump, jumping out of the gym uh, was, you know, considered, you know, as a, a Barkley type prospect athletic, athletically. And now he's a little less than that. But at the same time, even if you're getting a guy that was at 90% of his like Superman superpowers and he can still rush for 1345 and 15 touchdowns last year, and 6.0 yards of carry I mean it, 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 he's a really great player I think he's pretty firmly in the second round they actually came down with a 4-5-2 which was fine I guess yeah. what people expected it was fine people have loved to see him you know get faster than he was when he was 18 but that's not the player he is anymore but four five two and 2 the 38 and a half on the vert is you know pretty elite athletically so he's still got a lot of that and I think I think he's going to be firmly in a high round two sort of situation maybe where like a Derek Henry went a couple years ago sort of that range
0: yeah that's what they're saying I would like the player a lot um I'd couple of those two Georgia and I think every team that's interested in running back will say the same thing but man that's that'd be a great compliment to our current running game uh and some someone like Michelle we might have to to swing the trigger at if we keep 21 and 22 is more likely without trading up picks, potentially even trading back would be a thing, I guess, if we don't go up for a quarterback when we end up trading back for more picks, some good names to watch here between those two. Um, and getting into Ronald Jones from USC six one one ninety five pulled up today while running the 40. Um, what do you want to tell us about, you know, Ronald Jones second.
1: Yeah, so I, I, he was obviously super productive last year. I wouldn't say he came out of nowhere, but he wasn't uh, considered one of the top running backs in this class before the year. I feel like somehow USC guys, like, they just have so much talent that they have, like, depth. And sometimes these guys get lost in the shuffle, I guess, because they usually have, like, five five-star running backs at a time and the same at receiver. But Ron Jones really broke out last year, 5.9 yards a carry for 1550 uh, with 19 touchdowns. I think people are a little worried about his size and his frame. Uh, Six foot 200, they think that's a little skinny and they think he probably needs 10, 15 pounds on him. I think the NFL can do that. But he is a real uh, big play threat. Another guy that for all of his athleticism really didn't do much in the passing game, so he's going to have to answer for that. He had only 19 catches last year, 14 the year before. And this injury thing, we're going to see if he's going to be able to run at his pro day um He put up a 36 and a half inch vert, which is good, before he ran. And hamstring problems, you just never know. You just have to kind of figure them out. And, right. well, you know, it's la- it's last year, <laughs> that's what John Ross did on his 42240, and it ended up kind of hurting him. It, you know, it definitely didn't hurt him in the process. He got drafted really high, but he just has leg problems like nobody would believe. Ronald Jones, hopefully he responds. If he can just actually participate in his pro day in a couple weeks, run a good 40. I think he's going to be a firm, probably a day two guy. I've not really seen the late first round hype on him, but I think – I definitely think around our pick and round two, he's, he might be available.
0: Yeah, and PFF loves him. He's a he's a pass blocker. Um, that's one thing to note about him. He ranked really high in all their pass blocking statistics. Could come in right right away and be a third down back, like right off the start. Um, it's their second uh, running back actually, and CBS is third. Um, so he's still very highly considered, especially if we get that run we were talking about a little bit earlier with Barkley and guys um, going top ten. I, I, I think Jones is solidly in the first round. If we see a scenario like that, that's likely. Um, people like his athleticism, what he could bring to the table, and I just, I just see him as a 20s guy. I just really think that he'll, he'll go at the back of the first round. Um, so I don't, I don't even know that the Bills would have a shot at him in the second, um, but he does have that athleticism and, and really what you're looking for out of those USC type of players. So you know, we'll get into the back end of this real quickly um, as we you know, keep slowly churning along. Anything you want to bring up, you know, you know, you have Kellen Bellage, one of my favorites from Arizona State, six two two twenty seven. Um on Johnson, who you've alluded to a little bit, Royce Freeman. Any anything you want to tell us about these more day two guys? Yeah, uh
1: Bellage will be interesting. I think somebody's just gonna fall in love with him. He has he's very big and an athletic too. He ran a four four six today, which I think surprised some people because I think certainly has the body top of more of a four or fives guy. Go out of the backfield. His problem is uh, just that he didn't get the ball a lot in college. Uh, he had a starter over him pretty much his entire career, so he was only looking at you know 150 touches a year. Um, but I, I think that people saw it, and also he was probably the best running back at the Senior Bowl. It was kind of a weak class, um, but I, I think that he really showed so far in this whole process. After you know the season is over, he's done a really good job. I don't know if you have anything else to add about him, but he's um, he's a guy that I think situationally probably starting in the third round becomes a really interesting case. Yeah, I agree.
0: I just think that they're really, as we learn more in the process and we get to study him a little bit more, you know, and then there's also other guys down, down the road um, that, you know, we can talk about in future shows, Bo scar bro. Um, you know, there's, there's other guys that are there. Yeah. I mean, Any, I,
1: I can rip through a few real quick, just quick hitters. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. Give a, give Rashad. A quick hitters. Okay, Rashad Penny, ultra super productive, seems to have good vision, was also pretty good at the senior bowl, had a big, I think, 80 yard touchdown reception. I think his athleticism was something that people were questioning. Ran a 4.4.6 today, it's pretty fast. That put him, you know, I think in the top eight of the group. So I think that helps him a lot. Uh, Naheem Hines is a smaller guy from NC State, ran the fastest 40 of the day at a 4.3.8. Then had a – I'm going to have to, like, check into it, but had, like, a really, really low three cone. So I don't know if he's just a straight line guy or whatever. But he was a 1,000-plus yard rusher last year. I think running the fastest 40 is going to help you out in this process. Um, Bo Scarborough, who everybody says is the biggest, stiffest guy, has no movement, Um, just kind of a bulldozer-type player, got less productive at times. Ran a 4.52 today, which is similar or less than a bunch of guys that were yeah, considered no, yeah, more athletic, okay. athletic than him, and did a 40 inch vertical. So the power is totally there. Um, Could be a, a guy that Bill's like, though. It, it'll be interesting to see how people shift him based on that, because I think that's a really good performance for him. Um, the last one, uh, Akram Wadley from Iowa is a later guy, uh, your scat back type. People were saying at the Senior Bowl, this guy is so small, he, he better run fast. He ran a four or five four, which is slower than Brooks Scarborough. So that's really poor on the uh, sort of weight, speed, continuum thing. Yeah, I that. Um, and then the last, just mentioning that we didn't get a 40 out of Josh Adams and John Kelly, who were two guys who were uh, really productive players, but I think people thought that they might be slow and they really wanted them to uh, kind of figure out where their speed was also carry on Johnson. Same thing. They were, you know, those are the kind of prospects that it was like, if these guys run really fast, that's going to help them a lot. If they run slow it's going to hurt them or they're going to kind of be what we thought they were. None of those guys are in the 40 today. So that's kind of disappointing as far as that goes.
0: I agree. And it real action packed show here going through all the running backs and what the bills could do um, heavy hitting trade earlier today with the dolphins, a division rival really appreciate everybody tuning in on this Friday show. Really want to get this out for you guys. So here um, as you know, some of these, these stats just went live and really look forward to a really busy week next week. as more rumors and stuff come out. So, uh really, really great show, Jason. Thanks for coming on, and uh you know thanks for everyone for tuning in. Absolutely, thanks, guys.